He promises another run to the top and the ability to compete against the very best. Back at 85, all the top tier guys, I'm coming for you. Chris Whiteman! Wow. What a fantastic performance by Neil Magny. He had to go through the fire, and he ultimately got it done. But I know where my goal is, my goal is the UFC champion, and I know he was just the guy that was in the way to get there. Neil! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I both had a, took a second to get logged in, but here we are. Great show today. Well, I hope. Um, Chris Weidman hasn't been on in a long time, and uh, Neil Magny makes his return to the show. Matt, how psyched are you about this card uh, this Dude. weekend? This is a great, great I'm, card. Uh, I'm hitting the fucking... I guess you're not hitting anything when you go to catch a flight. I'm hitting the no, road. you're catching a flight, yeah. Hit the road, me. yeah. Here you go. Yeah, I'm hitting the road. Yes. Hitting the driver if he doesn't go fast enough. Yeah. Well. All right. Uh, Jimmy, yes, I'm sir. going to Boston. When? Jimmy, is um legal in Boston? I don't know. But I, what I would suggest is get like a big bag of it and hide it in that dirty place. Just insert it. And this way, if the police pull you over, they'll never, never know you have it in there. It might. Wait. Be more specific. I would say shove a bale of marijuana in your hiney. <laughs> no, no, no. That's too specific. I'm not doing that, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Jimmy, but you know what? What? You know, edibles. Oh, yeah, I guess so, right? You can always bring them. I'll get through. I have a way of getting through, you know? When are you going? Um, when are you going? Are you going tonight or tomorrow? I'm leaving, I'm leaving tomorrow morning early. Well, pretty early. So I'll be with the guys by tomorrow afternoon. You drive it up by and yourself? Mongo's going to be good. Yeah, man. That's cool. I'm like a rolling stone. Yeah. Wow. It's a very wow. easy drive, Boston. I'm not driving. Are you flying? Yeah, man. Easy drive. Yeah. Like six hours. No, Boston is three and a half. No. I don't drive. I don't. Yeah, this. I, I do it all. I, I, I don't fly anything. That's an I'll drive up to almost five or six hours just because there's a delay at the airport. It slows you up anyway. So, hey, man, I will be just chilling in the fucking airport. Yeah. Hey, I'll take a shit for a fuck. I'll kill time, but I'll take a shit for fucking 45 minutes. You don't mind, though. Like if you're on a small plane and it's a little bumpy, it doesn't bother you. No. I like it. You don't. No, it rocks me to sleep. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I was on a bumpy and, flight coming back from Albuquerque, and you know me, man. I, I don't like turbulence, but I was just saying to myself, "I who gives a shit?" Like I was so annoyed at myself. I'm like, "Go ahead, hit the bumps. Who fucking cares?" I just kind of I, I talk to myself like the pussy that I am. Hey, Jimmy. Yes, sir. I recently did something recently, you know, and I'm not going to share. It was a fun gig, you know, but I did a little something. Did you ever have to go through hoops and shit to some paperwork to? To get paid for anything? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, tax hey, paperwork. And what do you have to this? submit an invoice? I, this, it, it's a little bit more than that. 
than submitting an invoice. It's a more of it's a and it, how about this? I'll pay you a couple thousand dollars so I don't have to do that. <laughs> how about that? How about I'll give you money that I don't so I don't have to do all that shit. So I did something maybe like a month ago and I didn't get paid yet because I got to fucking go through all these. I mean, I got to call somebody to do it. I still I get I'm all I'm all over the place. Yeah, call somebody. It's worth it, dude. It's, I, yeah, getting, I know it's worth getting paid. You got it. Is it worth getting annoyed? No, Can you no, no, send no. me a goddamn check? I know, but they Come want on. what is it like the W two and all that stuff? That's easy. All yeah. that it's. I don't know. Listen, I you know what I don't like. I don't like going to the doctor's office and filling out papers. I don't like any of that shit. It sucks. Yeah. You know, but anyway, what am I bitching about? By the way, great news. Thumbs up. <laughs> let's get y'all. Let's get the great Chris Weidman. The champion, Chris Weidman. I can't wait to talk to him. Chris Weidman is back. That's He's right. Baby. back, baby. Let's go. I'm so excited. What's up, man? I'm going to be there tomorrow morning, pal. Hell I'm yeah. Let's go. Figure out what's going on. Yeah, now, it's gonna be a time. Chris, you're doing. You're still doing. Um, uh, won't back down, right? On Sirius XM. I got. Oh yeah, the Won't Back Down Radio Show. That's right. Every Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern on channel 156. Do you go out now, live or do you pre-tape? Well, uh, I pre-tape like an hour before. Oh, that's oh, great. Wow. Yeah, you get it done. And you but know, I if will you fuck say up. the radio show. I have a lot of. Um, I have a lot of respect for people in radio after doing it. I'm the host for myself. by myself, so. I got to take them in and out of breaks. I got to, uh, you know, remind the show who I'm talking to. If I have sure. a guest on, a lot of times I don't have a guest on. So it's just me talking for an hour, you know, so it's a lot. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's been a difficult task. It's been a challenge, but uh, I'm definitely getting better and better at it. You had me yeah. on once and you had me on never again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Gee, why because, why well, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> I got to get you on again, Matt. We, you know, and then I had no because I had you, Matt. I had you on when it was my podcast, so it was an it was like we spoke for a while, I think, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So now it's literally if I have a guest on, it's like 15 20 minutes. It's like a, it's kind of like your segments are pretty short, too, right? Like these, yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, That's let me so ask you, how are you feeling? Obviously, this is your first fight after after Uriah um what was this process like getting back to this and uh for how long did you not know if you were going to fight again how long were you up in the air mentally about that honestly it kind of went back and forth there was moments of like all right i'm getting back and then there was moments like yeah, i don't i don't know if it's possible because every day was different there was days i had like extreme pain and you know not really any you know light at the end of the tunnel you know that i could really see and then there was there was days where like, oh, i think i'm gonna be all right and then there was days I had, oh, shit, I got to get another surgery. And I got, then I got an infection. It's been a long, long road. But I think I was like, I think what got me through it was I'm, I'm a cautiously optimistic person. So I'm always ready for adversity and, and, and curveballs to come. And I'm ready to just hit them out of the park and just have a positive mindset. And there's just, that's the only way you can be because the, with the injury like that, there was just so many setbacks, you know, and uh, I had to just be able to Wait, roll. I'm sorry, Chris, more than one surgery? I didn't know you had to go through more than one surgery. Yeah, four surgeries, four wow. surgeries. So ESPN is doing a documentary on me. That's probably going to come out in a few months after this fight. So they're documenting this whole, this whole thing right now. And uh, and there he is. There's Frank the Tank over here. Oh, okay. so uh, oh, December. It's going to be coming out in December. Um, and uh, they've been they've been 
documenting this whole thing. They're going to have, they're going to have it all out, you know, soon. It's E60, right? E60. Yeah. So it's gonna be a long formatted documentary and um, they have all the footage from my leg break, which I mean, nobody's seen the UFC didn't even put it out. How gory my leg break really was the angle that everybody got to see. They didn't show the bones come out and the blood come out and everything like that. that oh, UFC I didn't see didn't that. Show that. There's an angle where you get you actually see the bones coming out and the blood and the that. No one in the history of the sport has had that happen to them. There's been compound fractures, but not not one that's actually came to the skin. And when it comes to the skin, I'm just talking about how bad my injury is here and make it like I'm the I'm the have the worst injury ever. But it's true, like it you know messed with my nerves, messed with the muscle, you know every, the bones become a knife and go through all that crap and the skin nerve issues mu uh, muscle issues there was a lot of there was a lot of issues and that's why i needed you know four surgeries in total like to deal with it and then, then i had to deal with infections like there's a lot i haven't been able to really get to say uh and explain to everybody that because documentary is going to be coming out and they're going to do a better job of than, than me ex uh, explaining like what's been going on i hope you jimmy i'm sorry no sure it's not the same thing at all but I did get a new knee. Now, I'm, I'm saying this because when you get that done, I got a brand new knee, and they're like, oh, it almost makes it hard to believe. Like, they, they tell you, oh, in like a year, you'll forget which knee it is type of thing. So, like, I'm sitting here right now, and I'll know which it is, but I'll have to stake a second. Be like, oh, yeah, it's the left one. Do you now, four surgeries later, you did compete once in, in a grappling match over in the UK. Do you feel now, like, for a second, you're like, oh, yeah, it's my right leg or my left or or is it, is it still, is there nagging pain, like, still? There's not nagging pain, but uh, this one has been hard to forget. It's just been through so much of a mess of a situation. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a mess. It's, it's been a mess. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't I don't forget. I know right away um, like, which yeah. one it is. But with that being said, I feel great. I feel great. Only, I mean, it's amazing. Thank God. Like, I, I mean, there was a it was a chance I was going to be able to walk again. Like I was more worried about wow. not being able to see my kids again. Like that's what I was really worried about at first. I, the, the thought of the thought of actually fighting wasn't like the first thing on my mind. I was just trying to be able to live the rest of my life as a normal freaking person. Um, and, uh, you know, be able, be able to, you know, I, you know, I love hanging out with my kids and playing with them. And that was my biggest fear. Like, you know, like wrestling around with your daughters, you know, doing jujitsu. That was yeah. my, I can't be able to get on the ground with my kids again. I was like, that's what was getting me choked up and starting to like cry. Get emotional thinking about it right now. Maybe yeah. I'm cutting, I don't know. But when, when, when you when you're faced, I'm sorry, man. When you when you when you're faced with that, and it, it's like fighting is secondary. The most important thing is the day to day things, like the real real life things. At what point did you realize, like, okay, I, I I'm going to be able to walk. I'm going to have my life with my family, and now I can start thinking about fighting. How long did that take? I'm bad with times, but it took a it took a it took a while, man. It took few months but then after a few months when i started feeling good my again i was cautiously optimistic because i had weird pains going on next thing i know it it wasn't healing right i had to get another surgery there was just like thing after thing and then you don't know how you're going to deal with this these surgeries you know because these are these are not common surgeries that people go through and then go back into professional sports you know it's very rare that something like this would happen so and every every surgery with like a traumatic injury is not like you know repairing your meniscus every single one is so different you know it's you know the way bones break and the way they have to put them back together and the hardware they have to use everything is like molded custom to that person is so different for each person because every injury is so different 
So it was just, um, there was nobody telling me, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be world champion again. You're going to be back into fighting and be good again. Like nobody was really telling me that. There was just, there was more about me being able to be healthy again. Right. Do you feel comfortable? You know what I'm going to ask? The kick kicking, again? Kicking or even blocking? Do you get, do you feel comfortable with that? I do. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm good with that now. Good. And if I, I feel like, I feel player. like if I feel like I'm in the octagon, it's just who I am. Maybe it's not being the smartest person, but it's just how I live my life. And I'm not probably I'm not going to be able to change it. Is if I feel uncomfortable in there, if I'm nervous to kick, I'll probably kick just to be like just to get just to get it done, get out of the way. Let's go. Let's get let's let's kick this leg. Let's see what happens. If you know the chance of breaking again is not happening, I got a steel. I got a titanium rod through it. Oh. So let's go. I'll, I'll, uh, well, well, but I think I like during sparring and stuff, it hasn't been a thought. I've been, I've been good to go. Oh. It's, it's crazy that Anderson broke his leg on you. And then you, I mean, it's insane. I'm sure you spoke to him. And did other athletes reach out to you who had had terrible injuries and at least tell you that there is a way through it? Yeah. And Anderson Silva was, uh, he was actually great. He helped me a lot mentally. Um, I got on the phone with him pretty shortly after my, my fight and yeah for, let me address first how weird and crazy it is that the only person i've ever seen break their leg in the octagon like that was innocent Silva. and i was in there and watched it happen and i remember him like you know crying and screaming in pain like someone was murdering him and i was like are you like i felt so bad for him and then out of nowhere i looked down at my leg after you ride a hole and i see that leg bent in half and i go what the fuck? The only time this is not in like i just was like is this innocent Silva's leg that's my leg there's no way that's my fucking leg and then uh and then i go oh no the pain this is gonna be painful and then it was bro it was the worst pain of my life immediately so fast forward uh probably eight weeks later i got in touch with anderson silva um and he was awesome he just like because i was in such pain bro i even eight weeks later i trying to get in just trying to get to the bathroom still was shooting pains because my nerves were all damaged on my all the blood vessels and all the you know all my veins and everything were so busted up from the bones going through them that every time I stood up, it was like such pressure in my leg, like the worst fucking pressure ever. So I remember I had to go to the doctor and it was such a painful experience. I get in the back of my wife's car. I got my leg up. All my kids are with me. And Anderson Silva gets on the phone with me and he starts just talking to me. And I and he was, you know, he came back after like a year and he was talking like I'm going to be fine. And I'm just like, man, I just don't see it. I'm in so much pain. Like, how did you deal with this? And, you know, his leg break was different than mine. But he just was like, man, it's all mental. Just just take a day at a time and, and stay positive and you'll be, you'll be, you'll be better than ever. Just trust me. Just, and he, he really did make me feel so much better, you know, because how many guys have been through what we've been through, you know, and he, he um, understands it. Yeah. Especially us. Like I didn't ever have a good relationship with Anderson Silva, you know, like, I mean, you know, Matt knows like there was like, there was weird beefs and you know, it was weird, it was super competitive. And now I just got such a, I got so much respect for him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm like a big fan of his after everything done. When, when your leg breaks like that, like I know that you want to get pain medication into you. Um, how long is it before they can actually shoot you up with something that will numb you in that moment? Like, like do you have to wait in, until you're backstage or do you have to wait till you're in the hospital? Way too long. So that was my first thing. Please get me pain medication. Get me pain. I need to shoot me up, put me to sleep, do something. Like I can't deal yeah. with this anymore. Screaming. And it, they get me into the 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 uh the um uh ambulance and once i'm in the ambulance they started doing some stuff and i'm like please more 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 but on the ambulance they only could do a certain amount because 
they were worried about a lot of issues. Like when the bones come out of the skin, they were worried about like they, they were having trouble, I think, feeling my pulse in my foot. They were like getting nervous. So they, I guess they have to wait till the actual doctor see me before they instill like too much medication. I don't know. I'm taking a guess on why they weren't able to do as much as they whatever could. But so once I get to the hospital, I'm screaming, please give me give me freaking everything. Just put me to sleep. They couldn't do the surgery till the next day. So they had because the doctors or whatever couldn't be in. So and and they had to they had to put me to sleep to do a um they had to like put me in a twilight sleep to put the bones back in and clean it oh. up. And so less chance of an infection because obviously the bones came out. So now like it touched the mat and everything. And there's a lot of germs and bad things can happen. So um, I just remember I was just screaming, give me morphine. They gave me the max amount of, of morphine you could possibly give somebody. And I was still in extreme pain. I'm like, all right, oh. you need to sleep. I remember probably the most embarrassing thing that I actually remember because I forgot a lot of things was Dana White came to the hospital. And I, I'm not the type of guy, I don't ask for anything. From Dana, you know, we've been close through the years, you know, and uh, I've never asked him for a thing. I refuse to. Like, I'm not going to, you know, the guy probably gets asked a million different things. Yeah. I was screaming to him, please, like crying, asking, just please get me the best doctors. Please make sure, you know, I'm good. And I was like, afterwards, I was like uh, thinking to myself, man, what a pussy I was. But uh, it was just <laughs> in the moment. Dude, was, your bone is sticking out. There's, there's no pussy with you know, I don't know who's in these hospitals, you know, and, and now my whole life is in these guys' hands. And Dana White, one of the most powerful people I could actually know, is right there. And I'm just begging him, please, whatever power you have, please of make course. something good happen for me. And uh, yeah, and it was great. And uh, yeah, that was that was it. And um, next thing I know, thank God, you know, once once I got the surgery, they had they put the block on, you know, they did the the nerve block right for my leg. So Dana was nice enough. He got us a private jet back home, uh, made it comfortable on the ride home. Once I got back home, it took about three, four days until I felt pain again. And when I felt pain, that was that's that was when it got really bad. That's that's when I was like, holy shit. And I was hoping, you know, after a surgery, maybe two or three days, painkillers and you're good. This lasted for what I feel like forever. The yeah. pain just didn't let up every day after every day. Wasn't getting better. Wasn't getting better. And, uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't like a doctor went in there with an exacto knife and cut me open with a, you know, with a, with a, a straight edge and made it clean. It was such a mess of a, of a situation that, um, just, just, yeah. uh, was very extremely painful. I am, like, I'm sorry that this evil, evil little partner of mine brought this up. I would have, I wanted to talk about Brad Tavares and, and Jimmy brought you down this evil path. Is there any, is any kids in the room or no right now, Chris? No, no, you're good. If Jimmy was hurt like that in the, in the, in the ambulance, he would have, he would have broken little wing. He would have went right to sex. I'll suck all your dicks. Give me more feet. <laughs> I said, I said that when I was having my teeth cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> No, but there's no there's no such thing as a pussy when your leg is when it's broken like that. Um, and the scary part for me would be like with pain medication, like, oh, my God, like, when do I know, like, I've taken too much? Like, how long is OK uh, to use it until, like, it's a problem? He'd be worried. He's worried you become a crackhead. That's scary. Yeah, no, yeah. His legs I, in half. I thank God I don't have like an addictive personality because I would I would. uh yeah, this is my 30th. Sur- I've had 30 surgeries now with these four Jesus. for my life. I've, I've had a lot of hydrocodone, oxycodone thrown my way over the years. Yeah. And I will, I'll be honest, there was a time years ago 
I I was take every once in a while, I'd actually take a pill before like an appearance just to loosen up. If I had to do something publicly, like just to loosen up. And I was like, man, this is actually, I could see how this could be addictive and become a yeah. problem. And so I, I don't mess around with, I don't mess around with it. After I felt like, wow, this feels good. And, uh, but I know how unhealthy this is for you. I was like, this, this shit's serious. So I don't play games with that. I have so much pain kills, pain, painkillers at my house. I have zero interest in them. One, like it's, it's a good thing that I don't feel good. Like I, a lot of times I get nauseous with it. A lot of times I'm like constipated, you know, like, yeah. messes you up so, so it's just like, for me, I, I'm good. Like I, I just don't feel good with it. Listen, yeah, and- I, I'm not a pill guy. Listen, a little reefer, maybe some caffeine, maybe once in a while, a PP pill, but <laughs> that's it. That's it. Only yeah. to make things spicy. Please, can we please cut that and put that as the Instagram? That, I want to see that. That's <laughs> a little pee pee oh, pill. Who's the producer? Listen, you can't let people know about the secret. You know, yeah. Listen, it's like on the bottle. You never let them know. No, you're smiling though, and she I sees blue Jeff. grit in your teeth. He's holding his hands, he's so excited. He I am. It. I love Viagra. I love Cialis, Levitra. I mean, all of them. I fucking. I've, I've done them all. Yeah. Obviously, we gotta get a sponsor for you, and then you'll finally have one that you that you really like. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, every one of them works. Um, and look, you're fighting. I'm, I'm, this is the great news that you're fighting, uh, and, and you didn't think you were going to. You weren't sure you're going to. I was so happy when I heard you were on this card. And Tavares, like yourself, a veteran. You've seen everything. He's seen everything. Uh, this is an incredible fight. What are you expecting out of Tavares? Yeah, I'm not expecting an easy fight. Um, he's 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 got the most decision wins in the in the history of the middleweight yeah. division. Been around. He's fought the best guys. Um, he he had a five round fight with Adesanya. Mm-hmm. He had a, a close barn burner fight with Drickus Duplessis, who's now running up the division. Um, so he's he's a tough dude. He's a tough dude to put away, and that just is a challenge for me. I want to I want to you know finish him. You know, no disrespect to him. You know, sure. I don't want to be a dick, but that's where at the they were fighting, and I want to fin- I want to finish him. You know, I want to I want to let everybody know that I'm not just here to take part. I'm here to take over. Oh, that's a great yeah. kind of great we're going to quote you on that one. No. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, Wyman. Doesn't it feel great? Or I should say, I don't want to put words in your mouth. How great is it? You got the champ, Aljamain Sterling, Ray Longo somewhere in, in the air, flying somewhere back to New York or Boston. <laughs> or It's with the whole team. You got everyone putting the band back together. Isn't it cool? It's it, bro, it's been awesome. That was a big reason why I wanted to be on this car is because uh, that was the first person I called. I didn't even call Longo. I didn't call my manager. I didn't call anybody. I just I called Aljo. I go, are you on this card or not? Because I just got offered a fight. I'm like, are you fighting O'Malley? He's like, I don't know. You know, he can't make a decision. He's like, I don't know. I told him maybe. I probably. He goes, honestly, if it was up to me, probably I'm not going to fight. I go, come on. You got to let me know, bro. I, I got to decide if I'm fighting on this card. But anyway, uh, I got to see Al, Al, and Al, and everybody was here. Marab, uh, Al held pads for me yesterday. It's been a while. I mean, uh, out being on the fight card with Aljo is my first time with him. You just get, you know, you feel this good energy. Um, and yeah, I'm just, it's, I'm super pumped to have you, uh, have you in town to have your your energy. There's no way like a Matt Sarah energy. Oh they're, they're yeah, one of a kind. We have such a good time. We do. And speaking of one of a kind, you talked about Ally Quinta. And I'm not starting shit. I, dude, Al's fucking so funny. So I, you read little things here and there. There was, um, and I, listen, I keep everything professional. I'm about to be 50. I don't. But listen, what's uh, the guy who's with what's, uh, Sugar Sean's um, 
trainer. Oh, trainer. oh, the redhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, yeah. His, what the fuck's his name again? Uh, you know his name. Tim too. Welsh. Tim Welsh. Tim Welsh. That's right. Yeah, Tim Welsh. Look, I, listen. Of course, of course, you're gonna back up your guy. And so, listen. The guy puts out a quote saying, "There's a very good possibility of um of uh of sugar getting a knockout next week versus Aljo." Now, that's nothing. That's nothing really. You know, shocking. But then I read that somebody showed me the screenshot of something. I guess it was on Twitter. And Al, I acquit that the next line he says is, shut up, you dweeb. <laughs> he just, shut up, dweeb. Somebody like, fucking, this, you know, You know this world is just flip-flopping. It's like, it's a whole new world when Matt Matt Sarah is censoring Al Iaquinta. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's like, Come on. Nice I'm fuck, I don't know Tim, but I think that was funny as shit. I, but yeah. I do know Al. And Al's so, like, quiet, but that sense of humor is fucking hysterical. Just I shut up, it. dweeb. What, what? I love it. It's fucking great. How, how do you respond to that? We get called a dweeb. It's hard to just come back with something. It, it's almost like, yeah, you know. What, yeah, yeah what you write, no, I'm not. I mean, there really is no, there's no comeback for that. It's so no. funny. It's so yeah. funny, and it's so, it's so Al. It reminds me of when he used to torture Kevin Lee. He was fucking oh crazy. my gosh, he was so Al. he was in Kevin Lee's head. Uh, oh. poor, I, I'm happy Al left it like Al could have ruined that guy's career before. I know he's, re, I think he's retired, but Al, Al could have really been the worst thing for that guy's career. He was such in that dude's head, it was crazy. Did he retire, Is Kevin that, Lee? I think so. I think he's I mean, out of you, he and I think he might have said he's that might have been his last fight. I don't know. Oh, okay. He made a post that he was retired. Our producer could look that shit up. And you know, how are you like living down? Are, we in, are you in South Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina, right on the border of uh, Charlotte. So you Do you like Charlotte. it down there? Like, it's a big j- jump from it. New York, man. It is, but it's been a great spot for the family and stuff. My kids, they're on their bikes. They're running around to different friends' houses. It's very it's very safe, and people are really nice. And, you know, I, long, I love Long Island. It's just, you know, it's cheaper. I don't know. Just it works out great for us. I, I listen. Long Island's always going to be my home. It's uh, you know, born, raised, never, you know. Okay, I'm always going to be a Long Island guy. But there's a reason why a lot of New Yorkers have left New York, you know, and, and came down. Spencer around this, getting Spencer around this bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it is though. It is, you, buddy. It is. It's fucking expensive. You know, 100%. outside of my school, yes, last night at like midnight. I fucking, I relax out there and then I'm about to leave and a fucking deer comes out of the woods. Look on my Instagram, Jimmy. Not now. You can look at it after. And a little deer comes out. A little Bambi deer. It's not a great story. But I'm just saying. You that's the whole story? That's Jimmy. That's Well, it's in Long Island, you fuck. No, like I know. But I, 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 Weidman's got this amazing story about a bone sticking through your leg. You're like, hold on a second. I saw a deer last night. <laughs> a boo. Let's let Chris go. He's got to prepare for things. Yeah, Chris, Chris. Look, man, we love you and congratulations. I'm, I'm so happy. I know Matt is uh, is happy that you're fighting again, man. And and you seem like you're in a great place. And you've had a long time to heal. And you did that grappling tournament, so you know that you're you're in good shape. And uh, have a great fight Saturday, man. Uh, on uh, in Boston, buddy. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Anytime. Matt, we'll talk to you soon, man. You're the best, buddy. I'll hit you up tomorrow when I'm in there. Have a good fight, bud. Fuck yeah.
This episode of UFC Unfiltered is sponsored by VeChain, the official blockchain partner of UFC. Just like the thrilling battles inside the octagon, VeChain has embarked on a remarkable journey of its own as the UFC celebrates its 30th anniversary and continues to captivate the world with its explosive fights. Another revolution has quietly been taking place. VeChain's approach to integrating blockchain in our daily lives puts you, the user, at its heart. Actions like driving an electric vehicle earn you credits and buying secondhand clothing can unlock perks and help create a sustainable ecosystem. Enabling interconnected biospheres is VeChain's main goal to promote a shift on collective impact and encourage everyone to play their part. It's time to walk into this new era and witness the power of blockchain firsthand. Follow VeChain official on Twitter to learn how to be involved in this exciting new era of technology. And let me spell that for you. V-E-C-H-A-I-N official, VeChain official on Twitter. That's great. He sounds great. Uh, he looks ready. He seems very relaxed. I mean, if he's nervous, he's hiding it very well. He seems really relaxed. You know what I, the one thing about these guys that used to wrestle, especially those guys, they're so used to like just competing. I guess so, right? Yeah. Yeah, you guess so. I know so. Well, I mean, I wouldn't know. Today I was busy working on uh, Kimuras. I mean, what do I get? What do I know? Jedi Mikey J. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and David. And David, who says hello. Oh, David Chung. Yeah. Tell David Chung, no. And this is just, then he'll, he'll say, what does that mean? Like, when we started this podcast, it was many moons ago. David Chung goes, hey, uh, because we had Henzo on. And David Chung was a nice guy and a black belt jiu-jitsu. But uh, you got to do a little bit more than that to get on this show, you fuck. He goes, I love David. He goes, hey, man, I just want to let you know that, you know, uh, I have a lot of funny stories. Oh, you do, huh? Fuck. Anyway. I think David would be a delight on this show. He's he's very hard to choke. Like, you know, he lets me because he's helping me. But like when when he's like like just not letting you choke him, he really is very difficult to choke. Maybe I'm just not good at it. Dude, you're trying to fuck a black belt, son. He's been yeah. on the mat for like 30 years. That guy. Yeah, he's really great. He's very. They're both amazing and and so helpful. It's funny how guys over there, and we do have Neil Magny coming in. Oh. Uh, there's no no egos. Like everybody is just nice to each other, and it's it's really a great um, a great vibe there. I really I love it. I go four days a week. Four days a week. I'm doing two jujitsu and two Muay Thai. I'm trying to mix it up and do both. And you're only doing it on days that we do the podcast? No, I do a Tuesday and Thursday are Muay Thai. Oh, well, maybe I'll show up on those days and just bring a fucking gi too and we'll fuck around a little bit. Yeah, if you let me know, I'll make sure that I do it on a ju- I do my jujitsu on, but I can book a jujitsu on a Friday and then you can come in on Friday. We could all go out to eat after. I would like that very much. Yeah, yeah let's do that. I would love that. Dude, I'm dude. You tell me, bro. Now Neil Magny, this yeah. is great because uh, this Ian Gary is, he's, you know, he's he's got a lot of hype behind him. You know, the guy's unbeaten, Jimmy. Unbeaten. Uh, yeah, what is his record? He is. Oh, he's twelve and zero. Um, and his last fight, oh, sorry, was against sorry. It was uh was Rodriguez. Um, and yeah, first round knockout. He looks great. And I think that Neil. I don't know when Neil took this fight. Uh, this was supposed to be. Am I crazy to think it's supposed to be Jeff Neil? I'm almost sure it was. I should probably read the prep. Like, well, you know what I like? This is what I like for him. What? Yeah. He's six oh, Jeff, yeah. 
He's 6'3", Neil Magny. Do you know how tall Ian Gary is? Can you please bring in Neil if he's here? Um, let me, let me, hold on. I, I've read it. I'm going to guess he's either 5'6", or also 6'3". <laughs> You're a mean little person. <laughs> You don't know what it's like to be my height. Sure, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm your same height you are. I always wondered why I didn't like clubs. I felt like, you know why? Sure, I do. People's belt was hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> belt buckle on the I, eye. <laughs> Jimmy, hey, listen. Because you're so, first of all, yeah, I am doubling down on you being mean. <laughs> but I'm and also your height. I'm the same height you are. So I'm not. A big I know. Guy. I know. But the difference is. Oh! <laughs> Can you bring in Neil? I, I, I mentioned him before. I don't want Neil to think we're making him wait. Maybe you didn't hear me. It's not um, good, Jimmy. Uh, what what do you? Me. I smell like oh. creamer. I oh, spilled okay. on me. Yeah. No, Neil's it's having a technical issue. I just didn't want Neil to think that we were. Oh no! Making him wait. Okay, that's all right. Now my thing smells like coffee. That's okay. I feel like we're back in the studio. I finally had to put on today because we took the gi off for, for a little bit. Um, right. And I, so I finally bought like a rash guard shirt, but I'm too fat for a rash guard shirt. Like I wore, see now? You're now, built now. though. You can wear one. Oh, well, Jimmy. Cut the yeah, shirt. I didn't want to see that. Cut yeah. Very solid abs. You call me mean? Look how you doing my chest, look. Beep, 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 yeah, beep, I do that. With, I do that with my breasts, and guys put dollars in between them. Beep, beep, beep. Yeah, it's very, very unpleasant. Beep, Ready? That's flexing. By the way, if that is not the promo for this episode, everyone is fired. Ready? Just ready. No words at all. Ready? Imagine he was like, "What's going on?" I go. Beep, 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 beep. Oh. Beep, beep, beep. Oh. Anyway. Yeah, you see your 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 volume craps out because you're using oh. see it's 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 in and out. But that would be a great video for the uh promo for this would be Matt going beep beep beep. Really? Yep. Which way is he coming in? Me? Are you talking to me? Tell me I don't look diesel. Yeah, you, you look very strapped. I got to buzz my chest, though, again. I mean, you know. All right. Well, this was very unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. I'd like to go do hoops to get paid. Send no, me I know. Check. Paperwork sucks, buddy. Hey, I, can we also, before, while, while Neil is working out the technical issues, oh, I, I want to promote this fight properly, Matt, because this is... Honestly, um, I, I would love to ask Aljamain how it feels. Like they're talking him about him. He's in the conversation. They're saying as, as possibly the greatest bantamweight of all time, and and I know that that's got to. I mean, there's been so many great bantamweights. I'd love to know how is that affecting him, or is it not affecting him at all? But to hear people talking like that, uh, especially when they gave him shit when he first won the belt, I mean that that's got to be uh, confidence boosting and make him feel really. Good, you know what I mean? Because when he when he won, people gave him a lot of shit because because of the way that fight went down, and now to be talked about after beating the guys he's beaten. 
Um, Zhang Wiley, of course, and Manda Limos is the co-main event. O'Malley and uh, Aljo is the, is the main event. Magni, Ian Gary, that's a great, great fight. And uh, Damon Blackshear, I, can't, I thought I read this sheet wrong. He just fought on the 12th, I think, fighting uh, Mario Bautista. Um, I can't believe this guy is fighting again. His last fight was a, a first-round submission, but still. Um, I mean, it was, it was an incredible turnaround, if, if this is true. And uh, Chito Vera against Pedro Munoz is the opening fight of the main card. And um, did I mention, uh, where's Weidman? Hold on. Did I mention? Uh... Weidman? We already have Oh, he's the, No, no, no. He's the main fight of the prelims. Him and Brad are the main fight of the prelims. Yeah, oh, Robocop is back. Gregory. Gregory uh, Rodriguez, Rodriguez, yeah. Wow. That's wild uh he's stepping in for cody garbrandt who is stepping in for cody garbrandt i'm not sure who, who you're talking about is it cheeto oh oh sorry okay um black shirt okay hey can i mention one of our fighters yeah Pompos. what's that one of our fighters got a, a contract last night on the contender series i can't pronounce his real name but we call him Pompos. it's Shala bala bing bang. <laughs> pronounce the last guy to get the uh, contract. Yeah, you're asking me to pronounce it. You you know the guy and you can't. And you're saying, hey Jim, go. I you call him Pompos because, but that's all I know. And next year I look at his name and go, that's not say Pompos. All right, hold on. I'm, I'm making this open because I don't have my glasses on. All right. He won in a minute, man. He knocked him out in a minute. You know. Yeah. Some people say, yo, man, this shit's taking a minute, which is a long time. But in the fight game, when they say we knocked him out in a minute, it's very quick. It's very, Jimmy, it's very quick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hey, where's Neil Magny? Yeah. Uh, he's having technical issues, I'm sure. Okay. Um, either that or he was just listening to the show and he's like, why am I doing this? Why like, would I talk why? to these idiots? Oh, Jimmy. I don't know. Oh, by the way, I need a new fight pass, everybody. They gave us a special fight pass, and a gentleman left the company, and I think I was using his thing. Yeah, he was a good guy. He left because he just got another job. Adam, thank you to Adam, by the way. We should give Adam all the love in the world. He was a very, very nice guy, a very competent guy, always got on the phone, always tried to help the show, always was willing to do whatever we we requested if he could do it. So uh, good luck to Adam, who we really really, uh, have a lot of respect for. Hey, Neil, how you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, buddy. How, how long ago did you take this fight? That's the question. Uh, what is it? Six days, seven days ago? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what were you doing seven days ago when you got the call? Hopefully you weren't on the couch. Uh, I don't see that happening. No. I, no, I was literally training. Uh, literally sitting there training. Um, I was initially uh, supposed to be in Boston this week, the corner of Austin Hubbard. Um, and it's something that I've always done throughout the history of my career is I always watch what's going on in my division and always look to see, like, all right, cool, there's a potential fallout. Where can I, like, slide in or where can I um, ask the, for the fight kind of thing? Um, so the the convenience that I was going to be in Boston with, uh, with Austin Hubbard this week um, – Your volume shut off, Neil. Uh, we got, we got gotcha, gotcha. 
Sorry about that. They had okay. technical difficulties. Um, and then I I saw that the Ian Gary and uh, Jeff Neal fight was on the card. And I was like, you know what? There is a possibility that one of these two guys may pull out of the fight. Um, both of them are ranked opponents. Both of them are tough opponents. Um, this fight's on a, on a huge card. Um, let me go ahead and just make sure my waist low just in case. Let me make sure I'm in shape just in case and see what happens. So, um, But I got the call for, for the fight against Ian Gary on a couple of days' notice, a week's notice, whatever it was. Um, there was no hesitation at all. I was already preparing myself mentally um, for that fight. I was already prepared for it physically. So um, when I got the call to take the fight, everything just kind of lined up perfect for me. Jimmy, yes, last, last night at Sarah BJJ in the wrestling class, so pretty, you know, sometimes some kids come up to me. So I had this young kid, Eric, nice kid, come up to me, 15, 14. Hey, hey, Matt, who do you think's going to win? Ian Gary or Neil Magny? This is what he asked me. So obviously, I'm not going to make it awkward right now because I said the right thing. What I think. I went with Neil Magny by decision. Yeah. Ian, I did it. <laughs> I did it at that 12, that 14 year old. Now, look, this Ian Gary's got a lot of hype behind him. How does it feel? You four guys with hype behind him. But when I look at the guys he fought, and listen, Daniel Rodriguez is no joke, you know, I'm looking at the guys. You are, a, you are one well rounded mofo, Neil Magny. I mean, I don't see guys with your ability. I mean, I don't know. He might have fought some, he might have fought some killers, and these guys are killers. But you are a well-rounded individual. I think you could take it to different places. And you're looking at him eye to eye. You're 6'3". Thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt great about this. <laughs> I felt great about this matchup when he came through. I mean, uh, uh, from the time he called me out last year, beginning this year, whenever it was, um, it was definitely a guy that jumped on the radar. I was like, all right, he's a ranked opponent, he's up and comer. Um, depending on how things play out, they could definitely be an opponent down the road. Um, so I already looked at like how a, a potential fight with him would play out. Um, so I, I, I knew similar game. I fought with similar game plans in the past. I mean, at this point, I fought every kind of guy you could think of in UFC. I fought uh, the wrestlers, the jiu-jitsu guys, the power punch the soft paws, the orthodox, the tall guy, the short guy. I fought every single kind of person you can imagine um, within the UFC welterweight division at this point. So um, for me, when it goes, when I get a call for a guy like Ian Gary or whoever it may be, it's easy to kind of like go back and draw to past experiences and think of like what version of myself needs to show up to this fight in order to be successful. When I started fighting against Ian Gary, um, I already knew how I would need to fight him to be successful. Um, and once the coaches laid out the blueprint and laid out the, the game plan and went back and watched more film, uh, my comments just shot up the roof. I know exactly what it would take to beat him. And I know exactly how I'm going to get it done at this point. Well, you're a nightmare because you just, you're grinding against the K. Like, it's just awful. And, uh, you know, I mean, Ian Gary, all due respect, he, he knocks you out. He's won one submission, I think, a rear naked years ago, uh, or he goes the distance. And you, you seem to be able to finish in any type of way. And I would think that you're not a, a you're, I, Jeff Neal is a very tough guy, but I think that you're a tougher matchup for Ian than, than Jeff Neal would have been. And I'm certainly not saying anything shitty about Jeff Neal, but I, I think you're a difficult matchup for him. And, and I think that you're going to get it done with a sub. Uh, cause you know, no one goes undefeated forever. I mean, you're not going to go undefeated for the rest of your life. One guy did it. I mean, have even, I don't can't think of anybody else. So I, mean, I think he's 12 and one after this. I mean, it's a good fight, but I think you pull him down in the second or the third and submit him. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's the goal to go out there and get it done early. I mean, I know for a fact that what I'm capable of, I know for a fact that I can do it. Um, I can. I saw uh, openings where I can get it done. So uh, I can almost guarantee I'm going to finish in this fight. I'm going to go out there and I'm definitely going to get it done. Um, it's not me overlooking him. It's not me looking past him. It's not me underestimating what he's done this part. Um, it's just me seeing what I saw in him as a fighter. Uh, I believe in myself that much. I know for a fact I'm going to get it done on Saturday night. 
And I think you're a different style than he was preparing for too. I, I think what, what, the way you're going to fight him is different than what he was preparing for with, uh, with Jeff Neal too. So I, I think that's uh, a great, I, I think that you've seen more guys like him than he has seen guys like you. For sure. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, that's a, it's a big piece of it too. I mean, you're getting ready to fight a, a 5'10", 5'9", southpaw, and uh, on a week's notice, you go for a, to one of the guys at the longest reaching division who's an orthodox fighter um, and super well-rounded. So um, it's a lot to come together with on a, on a, on a short short camp like this. I mean, a week's notice. I mean, I had two sparring sessions to, to prepare for this. So um, I can only imagine that uh, he'll have, he had the same difficulties I had preparing for this fight. But uh, like I said, I'm more than confident that I'm going to go out there and get it done. You have no. five and a half. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to ask if he's still living in Colorado, which he is. Yes. Yeah, still so in Colorado, still out there in Denver, building with the guys out there. That would explain right, the nice. cardio too. That amazing cardio you have. Oh, you don't want to fuck with anybody from like uh, Albuquerque or Denver. Like those are the last places you want. To, are there any other places with with the same elevation in the states? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, Utah between, high. I just don't know. Yeah, I think Colorado and uh, and Albuquerque are two of the highest places you get in the states you can uh, uh, train with. I mean, um, uh, Mexico City, yeah, but that's not in the states, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess for the Mexico City, I guess for the certain parts uh, in uh, uh, California, you probably get out to it or pretty high up there. But um, to actually be able to live and training elevation year round, um, I feel like Denver and Albuquerque are two um, places that allow you to do that because, like, it's not just training it out to it's the um, the recovery of sleeping at altitude as well um, that gives you the advantage opposed to being a sea level. Um, there are some guys who actually move to um, higher elevation from Denver. So, like, Denver's like, I believe, 5,200 feet in the, in the air or whatever. Um, as far as elevation goes, um, there's some guys that shoot to sleep in the mountains where it's like 8,000, 9,000 feet elevation um, because of the benefits that it brings you for recovery and, and that kind of thing. So um, there's definitely benefits to not just going there for your camps, but being in a place like uh, Denver year round. I remember a while ago, I haven't seen it lately. There used to be these guys, oh, I, you know, I'm not. I don't live in Colorado, but I got this fucking tent. <laughs> I'm gonna sleep in the tent, and in the tent, it's the, it's like I'm sleeping in Colorado because it's fucking. It. I don't see these <laughs> around anymore. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like the like some are like hyperbaric chambers and that kind of thing. Yeah, Others are like. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> has that been proved to be bullshit? Um, the tents, I think they have some recovery uh, benefits on it because they they uh, it's pressurized, so it's like pressurized with oxygen. So while you're in there, um, it's not it's, it's not just the the fact that you're simulating elevation; it's the oxygen that they're actually like pumping into the tent as well. Uh, one of the things that have been proven that not work though is the elevation mask that people were wearing at one point. Uh, the fact that people were like wearing these masks that like, kind of restrict their breathing and thinking like, oh yeah. If I just wear this when I wrestle, when I strike, it's going to like improve my cardio. In reality, all that was doing is restricting your breathing and allowing <laughs> and causing you how to figure out how to perform better with restricted airflow or whatever. But as far as like having a long-term effect on like uh, your cardiovascular system or um, recovery, things like that, those things all were debunked, like none of them worked. Wow. The best way is to actually train at altitude. Yeah, train and be in altitude as, as long as possible. Even uh, even for this fight, like having a short notice fight, like uh, 
the longer I spent in Colorado, the better off I'll be coming down to sea level to compete. Um, like a lot of people like to come a week or so early before a fight to acclimate. Um, I don't want to acclimate to sea level. I want to keep the same benefits that I had from being at elevation uh, when I come down to sea level. That's the, that's what's going to allow me to actually push in those later hours. That's allowed me to push through those uh, uh, difficult moments. I mean, um, just to give you an example, like back in Colorado, I run like five, six miles at a time and I'll keep anywhere from like a, a six and a half to seven minute pace per, per round or whatever, or per uh, mile. Um, mile. Uh, when I get down to sea level, I'm able to push that to where like I'm running consistently five, six miles at like six minutes a mile almost um, just because I'm, I'm able to breathe that much better at sea level compared to elevation. Like it's a, it's a huge difference maker. It's like Superman, like grabbing <laughs> the earth. I don't know. It's, a, it's not a little bit like that. That's why. <laughs> and, and I know that shit's true in a sense, the other way around. Like, I don't know the difference with sea level with New York and Las Vegas, <laughs> but there is a difference. There's a difference in altitude. And when I would go out there, I remember my first training session, I felt like I was always out of shape. I'm like, holy, why the fuck? I'm breathing, man. What the fuck? <laughs> and then that's why every time I fought in Vegas, I'd get there over two weeks out. So I get, I never thought of it the other way around. That's that's wild. It's nice. It's, a nice, yeah. it's nice to know about that. Uh, nice to like have that in the back of your mind because I, I I don't think this ever happened to you, Neil, because you're known for your gas tank. But <laughs> I was never afraid about getting hurt when I'd walk to the octagon. But I was I did there's a, sometimes I'm like, yo, I just hope I don't get tired in this motherfucker because <laughs> getting tired is the worst feeling. You know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, everyone's going to get hurt, everyone's going to get injured, everything else is going to happen. We're getting tired. We feel like, damn, that's something that I did or did not do that led to this. Like, that's literally one of the worst feelings ever. Have um, you had that in a fight where, where, like, everyone gets tired, but have you had a fight where you it just ran out of you? Um, to be honest, uh, when I fought Kevin Gaslam, it was one of those fights where uh, it was a five-round main event fight. I took it on two weeks' notice down in Mexico. Uh, we were at high elevation, elevation then Denver. Um, and in the back of my mind, it played out that, like, Gaslam was a guy that's kind of known for fading in the later rounds, so to speak. Uh, he had weight-cutting issues at the time. So I had assumed going into the fight that, like, it would be one of those fights that I can push the pace in early. And in the later rounds, I'll be able to, like, kind of pull away uh, from him and, and get a finish that way. But that fight was actually quite the opposite. Opposite. Like by the time rounds four and five came around, I was like, whoo, crap, he's still here. Uh, I'm getting a little winded here. And uh, he started to pick it up rounds four and five. And I was like, oh, crap, this sucks. Like, I did not uh, accommodate or uh, uh, think about this outcome at all. I didn't think he'll be the guy with the uh, um, gas to push in later rounds or whatever. Um, so it definitely has happened before. Um, I mean, I think that was the only time that ever happened where I felt like someone would, may have been in uh, slightly better shape than I was for a fight. Was he the most, I was just going to ask you as you were talking, I don't know if he's the answer, who has the best cardio of anybody you've ever fought? Um, By far, it had to be Gaston. I mean, that fight oh, literally okay. had to, uh, yeah, and it was surprising because, like, on paper, looking at past fights leading up to that point, it was it was supposed to be the exact opposite. It was supposed to be, like, I'm fighting a shorter guy, should we keep him in range? Everything else like that was supposed to be um, not easy fight, but, like, game plan-wise, should have been a lot smoother than it was. And everything I thought was going to happen in that fight, it was the exact opposite. Like, uh, I remember the very first jab I threw out there against him, uh, he kind of ducked his head, and I hit him right on the top of his head, and I hurt my hand punching him. Uh, so, like, my main weapon going to the fight, which was my jab, I couldn't use against Kevin Gaston. So, it turned into, like, literally me, like, slapping with my left hand, punching with my right right hand and grappling him uh for the first three rounds and then like in the later rounds he was able to start closing the distance a lot better and uh land some pretty good shots and do you really you're the same height as ian you have a five and a half inch reach advantage is that correct 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw that, but then, uh, oh. yeah, I saw the the the, the height advantage, uh, or sorry, the the reach advantage, and then uh, the stats or whatever as far as like being the same height. But I don't know. I think somebody might have to get remeasured on that one because uh, Phil Rowe and I are pretty much the exact same build, the exact same everything. And uh, um, I saw on Instagram that those guys are training together and doing a side by side, and I think it, Phil had a couple inches on him from what I saw. So. I don't know. I guess we'll find out a ways. We'll actually put it to uh, to the test on uh, on Wayne Day see who actually has the height and reach yeah. advantage and uh, who can put it all together on Saturday night. Neil, uh, always, always great having you on. And, uh, you know, I'm happy that you picked up this fight, and this is a really interesting matchup. So uh, have a great fight, man, and uh, we'll talk to you again. And thank you, as always, for, for joining us. Awesome. It was a pleasure talking to you guys, as always, for sure. I'll see you thank over you. There, Neil. All right. The great Neil Magny. All Thanks, right. Neil. <laughs> Take care. No problem. Have a good one. Um, yeah, Matt, that's just another great fight on, on the card. And, that, and that's a much different matchup for Ian Gary. So uh, I like to see how guys handle these last minute, uh, these last minute, uh, you know, when they, when they take something, you know, two weeks before. How does the guy who's been training handle it? Yeah, Jimmy. Yes, sir. I think Neil Magny can handle it. No, no, no. I mean, who is, how, the, I mean, Ian, like the, like the guy who's been training for the fight the whole time, how, how do they handle when their opponent, he's training for Jeff Neal, I mean, again, who hits like a cement truck, but how do you, you know, mentally get ready for now, Ian, uh, for Neil Maggie? what do you do? Jimmy. Yes. Let's give respect. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Sure. I'm sorry. I taught the 7 a.m. class. That's okay. Let's take. Oh, it's contagious. Oh, so I'm just tuckered out from, you know. Tuckered, little boy. I was attempting to do Camorras and missing them. I love it. I love We're going to roll soon. Uh, I better not feel anything poking in my back when we roll. Listen, Jimmy, <laughs> <laughs> let's read off the winners at the uh, who got contracts at the Daniel oh, yeah. Series the first week. I don't have that in front oh, of me. Oh, wait, so no, sorry. Wanna... Second week. I'm an asshole. Do you want to read that off? Because I don't have it in front of me. Jimmy, I'm just a. I just this is me giving up on life. Jimmy, the first All one, right. Abdul uh, Kareem, Abdul Kareem Al Sawadi. Yes, Abdul Kareem Al Sawadi. Uh, congratulations over. Uh, got a contract, lightweight division over George Hardwick. Uh, Ebo Aslan, is that how you say his name? I want to make sure I'm saying it properly against uh, Paulo Ronaldo Jr. Yeah. Um, first round KO gets a contract. Fighter nice. Emil uh against uh imra sonez i believe that's saying his name correctly contract uh oh. unanimous decision congratulations to Hyder emil uh eduardo mora over uh can you i don't i want to pronounce her is it uh is the j silent or no janina uh gianna silva my bad i'm assuming that's it um so anyway congratulations to eduardo gets Man. a contract this is crazy and all uh all five uh charolampos uh grigorio i will assume oh, that's we call them pompos where i come from oh okay first round knockout over cameron smotherman and gets a contract that really is five contracts what, what a great night uh for uh the dana white contender series you i think so yeah unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable Let's do a proper plug for this Boston card when it yep. is. I've been waiting for this fight all summer, man. I really have been. Um, I like O'Malley and I love Aljo. So this is just a, you know, a, a great fight. I think Aljo Man is going to find a way to get on his back. 
you know, I mean, look, Sean O'Malley's dangerous, and he's a he's a, a very good striker and a dynamic striker, and he comes from all directions. And he has a lot of range, but I, you know, Aljamain will find a way to get a hold of him. Yeah, um, I got to him. And that, yeah, of course. Yeah, Aljo, you understand? I think that uh, it's August nineteenth up in Boston this Saturday, six o'clock on ESPN Plus is the uh, early prelims, and of course, prelims start at eight o'clock on ESPN and ESPN Plus main card. 10 p.m. ESPN and pay-per-view. I'm oh, sorry, ESPN Plus pay-per-view. And uh, Chido Vara against Pedro Munoz. Damon Blackshear against Mario Bautista. Neil Magny, Ian Gary. Jean Wiley against Amanda Lemos. And, of course, Aljamain Sterling defending the Bantamweight belt against Sean O'Malley. And don't forget Wyman against Brad Tavares. The main fight of the prelims, which will be on... Uh, ESPN and ESPN Plus. I think he said ESPN is doing the documentary, so it's no surprise that Weidman is on the prelims there because they want him on on the uh, the, the most visibility possible. So Man, great fight. I can't wait. I'm headed out there. I will be there, and uh, it's going to be a glorious, glorious night. And then and next, I got- I'll be back here, Jimmy, with you. And you Sick. know what's important, Matt, before I forgot – Tonight at 7, I will be at the Fat Black Pussycat doing my hour as I have been doing. And Matt, you and I have been joking, right? You'll call me up and you'll go, Jimmy, don't miss out on your chance to enter UFC's matchmaker sweepstakes. And I go, look, Matt, as a reminder, UFC is selecting one lucky fan. I work for them. I can't be one lucky fan to become a UFC matchmaker for a day. This is a pretty genius promotion. Not only does the winner of the matchmaker sweepstakes, you get to meet Dana and the uh, matchmakers in Las Vegas, but the winner also gets two tickets to November's massive UFC 295 card at MSG here in New York, which is, of course, the main event. John Jones, Stipe Miocic in the, uh, the uh, of course, the heavyweight, heavyweight championship. And if you think you have what it takes, put your matchmaking where your mouth is, because we all think we can. it's easy. So if you're good at picking fights and lining up fights, enter for your chance to win. All you have to do is build your dream fight card, UFC.com slash matchmaker. You got to do it before this Saturday's UFC 292 pay-per-view, which airs on August the 19th. That's UFC.com slash matchmaker for your chance to win. And how great would it be to possibly have a fight that you put together uh, beyond the card? Wouldn't that be great? Listen, man, I want to be a matchmaker. I don't know. Jimmy. I had so much fun with you. As always. Next week, I want to talk to you, hopefully, at the two victories yep. with the Sarah Longo camp. Yes. And when I do talk to you, it's going to sound something like this. Oh, what a night. Anyway, thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, you're back, Jimmy. <laughs> Goodbye, Jimmy. See you, pal.